I'm Scott Sanders, the Executive Director of the Geneva Push. And I'm Derek Hanna, a nobody. Well, no, Derek, you're not a nobody. You're Thanks. the director. I am the, the director of training. The director, the director of, of training, that's right. For the Geneva Push. Yep. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel-centered ministry every week. Yep. All right. Are you enjoying the music, Scott? That's I'm loving the music. You are. Green Fever. Is, yeah. that, is that what it was? Yeah, that's exactly what I it was. I think we, we, whittled, we whittled down the list. Uh, for those who are listening, I really wanted a Stranger Things kind of theme, but I got voted down by everybody. Yeah. And so we're left with Green Fever. Well, as I said at the time, there is a fine line between uh, a Stranger Things theme and a 1980s church music. <laughs> uh, it's a very fine line between those things, mate. Well, the one thing's brought to you by the Geneva Push, the Australian Church Planning Network, and you've pressed play on our latest episode. What should I be doing now? Uh, the most difficult question in any ministry has to be, what should I be doing right now? If you're in leadership, if you're in church, your time is unstructured uh, and nobody's sitting over your shoulder making you do anything. Everyone's asking you to do things, but you get to decide. And it's that question, what am I going to do next? What's next on my agenda? So setting priorities has to be a must. Uh, it's too easy to follow a, a particular passion or it's too easy just to be pushed around by every need that comes up, as good as they might be. And so you have to be decisive in what you're going to do and deliberate about that. So the next 15 minutes, uh, we've got some practical tools to help you work out what comes next. And I'm and excited about our guest today. Oh, so am I. So am I. We've got the very experienced, uh, shiny-headed Al Stewart. Uh, now, Al, you're a very experienced ministry. How long have you been in ministry? Not that experienced, mate. Uh, actually, it's 30 years. Uh, wow. Almost 30 years since I finished Bible college. Finished in 88. We were the bicentennial year when we finished. I'm a graduate of Moore College. So 30 years I've been uh, chasing young blokes like you, you two. Now, you've been involved in youth ministry. Uh, you've led a denominational par- uh, department at, uh, at, a, at, at uh, Anglican Youth Works. Uh, you've led... A network of churches. Uh, you're now leading City Bible Forum, a, a parachurch ministry across Australia that's working to see evangelism happen in the workplace. You've got loads of ministry experience, and you're going to help us think through this one question. So let's get going. Where where do we begin? I mean, it's such an important question to be thinking through. Uh, what do you do each week? How do you think through? What are the most important things to be taken care of? Okay. First? Well, I think I think Derek's right. The biggest challenge in ministry is structuring your time. What do I do now so that future Derek has leaders trained, has enough resources, um, uh, that kind of thing, so that the ministry's building, uh, etc. cetera. Um, uh, I wouldn't say week to week. I'd start with a year planner. And uh, how do you plan your year? So one of the, like you look at your year planner, it's good to plan a year in advance. I know it doesn't sound very spiritual, but the first thing that needs to go in your year planner is your holidays. There's four weeks. And, and I talk to guys about when are you going on holidays they say oh I haven't got time it's all over the place and well you didn't put them in did you so and then there's a rhythm to the year so if you're for example if you're with AFES then your rhythm fits in with campus if you're in a family church kind of area then the school holidays are important there's summer there's winter there's Christmas there's different conventions that kind of thing so work out the rhythm of your year and how it works um, a school holiday is significant all that kind of thing and then once you've looked at the flow of the year you can start to move down and then maybe you're looking at each month so if you're on not-for-profit committees or christian things say i had 30 years with katoomba convention i started very young but 30 years with katoomba convention and then monthly meetings in particular you need to look you know month by month um and and then once you once you've kind of got that 
Um, you got your flow of your year, the flow of each month. Then you start to think about your weekly routine. So thinking into the, the, the shape of the whole year, are there times where you particularly know you're going to be, I guess, needing more energy to, to drive the ministry and times where you can actually take the foot off the accelerator a bit because you know things slow down? Yeah, sure. Uh, so um, if you're in your standard suburban church, for example, um, your lead up to Christmas is very important. Um, and then generally things slow down a bit at the beginning of January. Uh, although I talk to the guys at EV, they do their uh, Summerfest thing. So they're big things January. So it depends on where you are. Um, you know, if you're Kanishka Raphael at St Andrew's Cathedral, your lead up to Easter is huge. Um, you know, so, but if you're, um, you know, if, if you're in other churches, actually people go away at Easter time. So you've got to work out where you are and you get highs and lows. The other thing to remember is you actually need recovery time from peak times. So if you've got a really big preaching gig, uh, you, you know, you're doing some weekend away or something like that, you need to, you know, for a couple of days after that, you're going to be flat. So just just build that in, your emotional, physical recovery time that you need. So what, so assuming we've I've set out my year and I've got it planned out to put in my holidays, put in those big rocks of the things that I want to get That's done. That's it, yep. One of the hardest things uh, to do is when you get to that week, like you sit down on Monday morning and you get that phone call or you get that email is translating what you had planned to do that week into what actually happens. How do you decide between that good and best? And uh... Yeah, execution. Um, a couple of things to say. One is, uh, and I'd like to, if we've got time to talk about the kind of the weekly routine and why you need it, but you always need some kind of margin, says he, some kind of margin in your week that don't schedule 100% of your time. There's always going to be the funeral, the drama, the phone that rings, our marriage, you know, someone's marriage needs... Uh, immediate help, that sort of thing. So my guess would be don't, at least 20, 25% of your time should be unscheduled. Then the, the big thing, and this is so important and so hard to put into practice, Rod Irvine, who was a minister down at Fig Tree and a, a genius, I think, Rod used to talk about you in ministry, you've got to work on the business and you've got to work in the business. Now, most of us automatically work in the business by that you preach a sermon, you, you chase people up, you follow up, you hatch, match and dispatch, you evangelise people, read books. That's all the stuff you have to do. And if you don't do it, people notice. But as well as that, you've got to work on the business, which is build capacity. And that's never urgent, but if you don't do it, you can't grow. Mm. So working on the business might include... Um, I'm going to train people. So next year we've got more Bible study group leaders. I'm going to look to um, find the right young guy, get him to go to Bible college and come back in three or four years and be a youth minister. I'm going to go and visit people and quietly talk to them about a vision we have for something so that they'll donate money. Um, I'm going to you know, um, you know, set the vision, resource the vision, staff the vision, all of those things that are never urgent. But if you don't do it... Um, you know, future Derek will never have the resources he needs to see the church grow. Now, in a moment, we're going to come back to uh, Al and we're going to get into the, the nitty-gritty of, of, of what you do week to week in, in order to get stuff done. Before that, we're going to jump into the uh, the One Thing Toolbox. Now, Derek, you've got loads of, of great uh, practical tools that you use to sort of manage yourself and uh, and get things done. Can you give us your top three tools. Yeah, yeah. Look, I have sold my soul to Google uh, and I'm okay with that actually because everything is free and it, it integrates. And so I use a getting things done 
uh, structure with that. And so I use Google Inbox because uh, it helps me manage my emails and get rid of it and reschedule it and handle it once and put it in the right folder so I actually don't have to keep going back again and again. I try to only check that once or twice a day. I, that integrates with Google Calendar and Google Reminders, which is my task list. And so I allocate time for those things. If uh, Yeah, so Google Reminders and Google Calendar and Inbox. Uh, and so that's that's how I organize my life. So I have sold my soul to Google. Um, there are lots of other tools out there. I just find that works for me uh, with what I've got. Now, I want to come back to Al. Uh, Al, can we, can we talk the smaller scale? Now, even the, even the President of the United States has a routine. What are the sorts of things that make up a healthy routine? Well, actually, I, <laughs> I read Matt Perman's book, What's Best Next? And it's a good book. Uh, he said that George W. Bush had a routine. I'm not sure if President Trump does. So I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not, it's not a cheap shot. I just don't have any information on that. Right on Twitter? Um, go back to yeah, well, you know, I, I guess, trouble with North Korea. Him, yeah. Well, you notice he's sorting that out. He anyway, is. they're coming to the table. You need a routine because for two reasons. One is once you work it out, you don't have to sort of rethink it all the time. The other is you can get decision fatigue. Uh, and that is if, once you're in the right routine, you're not making – there's 100 decisions each day you don't have to make. Um, I work in the city now. We we talk with suits all the time about Jesus. I have the same suit, the same tie, and the same shirt I wear pretty much every day. And so, you know, I'm a bit of a leader in the fashion thing. I don't have to rethink it all the time. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a joke. But there's a and and so once you get your routine sorted, you're not you know that most of life can be covered, and then you also can build that margin in. The other thing too is to work out given who you are and the way your body clock functions, when are you most efficient? Like, I'm an old guy now. I don't do preparational books after dinner. Forget it. I don't work at night. But I get up as early as you want in the morning. There's other there other guys who want to do their preparation at night. So in your routine, when's your best preparation time? When you should you be reading? When, um, when are your kids available? When are you going to spend time with your wife? When you... But then also, um, you know, when you're going to deal with congregational matters, all that. So once you've got your routine set up, oh, I can relax because I know I'm covering all the bases, and then you can start thinking at a lower level about individual things. So what you're talking about is putting in things like preaching preparation, which you know you've got to do each week, uh, regular staff meetings with your staff yes. team, with your eldership yes. or your or your leadership team in your church, putting those big things yes. in, building yep. margin for. Uh, for rest and recovery, and building margin yes. for the uh, the baptism that comes in, the wedding. Exactly. The well, you can situation. schedule those. You can't schedule the funeral. You never get the funeral thing a month in advance. Right? One uh, one of the one of the hardest things is to be able to say no. What what advice do you have to help people? You know, say yes to the important things and say no to the things. Well, that can I pick up just back one one question? Yeah. If you're in ministry and you're writing sermons Saturday night, give yourself an uppercut. Right. I mean, it happens every now and then. But if you're consistently doing that, what have you been doing the other five days of the week? You've really got to, and, and it won't be as good, and you've got to reorganize your time, okay? Um, yeah, it's hard to say no, but what I've worked out is it's saying no that gives your yeses some value. If you if you let whatever comes through the door set your agenda, you, you scramble eggs. You'll never be able to build anything. It's saying no to things that, that makes the big difference in the end. The other thing that I've heard you say often to young guys is um, make the time to sit with your wife each week to go through your, your calendar, go through your diary together. Why, why is that so important? Oh, if I say this now, she might be listening. 
Um, well, I was just, well Kathy's she's definitely, she's definitely yeah, listening. She, yeah, well, yeah. Well, uh, well, well we fans. used to do that. We're now both on Apple Calendar, and she just checks what I'm doing. So, uh, But, no, it makes a big difference to sit down and actually look in advance. Here's what we're doing, especially if you're, a t- and you will be, a team together. For her to know that I've invited 25 people for dinner on Friday night is handy. So what's the flow, once again, of the week, the month? Um, we're going to Brisbane to speak at a Geneva thing at the end of this month. And so she knows what's involved. We'll have to sit down and plan that. You should be planning with her out in advance. And then also work out your rhythms as a family. That's, um, that's important. You mentioned uh, before, and you wouldn't tell us uh, before, you had one tool. Oh, yeah. That is your yeah. the yep. silver bullet. What is yep. it? No, no. The, the most useful piece of computer hardware that will revolutionize your ministry if you're under 40. You ready? Mm. The off button. Turn the computer off, get off Facebook, and get out there and face somebody. It's it's the one-to-one thing. Right? Mm. I know, I'm evangelizing the world through Facebook. No, you're not. You're farting around wasting time. So get out there and front people, mm. and, and that's what you need to do. Turn the computer off, go and see somebody, open the Bible with them. That sounds pretty no, crusty and grumpy, No, no, doesn't it doesn't. No, I echo. I know. I'm with you on this. I think Scott, who is a bit of a leader in the social media space. Uh, well, know, I was just going to say, this is, this is a little bit awkward. <laughs> this is kind of the lead into, well, let me just remind you to jump on Facebook and social media and ask your questions <laughs> to us. Uh, if you haven't subscribed, we'd love you to subscribe. Yeah. We'd love you to share it with a whole bunch of people. Uh, so it is a little bit awkward because you just told us to turn it off. Well, there are times to turn it off, like I'd say pretty regularly. Um, it's just a lot easier to be on Facebook and uh, than to actually be out fronting people. But that's if, what we've got to do. That's our job. If yep. you'd like to listen to more episodes, you can hear Al uh, and others, other leading practitioners from around Australia, jump on the One Thing podcast forward slash the one thing on GenevaPush.com. That uh, brings us to the end of this show. Al can ask, what's the one thing that people need to take away from day about uh, how they spend their time? Uh, you've got to plan your time. Uh, either things will set the agenda or you set the agenda. You've got to plan it. So you plan what you're doing in advance and work on the business, not just in the business. Well, thanks for joining us, Al. And thanks for kicking uh, play on another episode of The One Thing. Coming up in our next episode, Derek, what are we, what are we going to be thinking about? Uh, look, I can't, I can't say. It is, it is huge. It is huge. And uh, so if I got started now, you wouldn't stop me. So you're just going to have to come back next Okay, well, you heard it, guys. It's going to be huge next time we uh, get together. I'm Scott Sanders. And I'm Derek Hanna. Chat soon.